Welcome to the Realized Gains Podcast, a guide to real estate investing. Join our co-hosts, Jordan Lee and Stephen Tran, as we interview a diverse group of real estate investors, both amateur and professional. Our goal is to help you understand that anyone can invest in real estate. Tune in to hear creative strategies and learn from both our mistakes and our successes. You can find us where you love to listen to podcasts, on YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the Portland Real Estate Investing Podcast, don't worry, we're still here. We're now the Realized Gains Podcast. We have the same great guests and interviews, and of course, the same great hosts. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, one, no one's looking to hire a realtor. They're looking to hire someone that they like that sells real estate. I always say this, like when you go to conferences and you go to a charity events or anything, like don't be the person that's going around handing out business cards and then <laughs> yeah. talking to everyone for two seconds. Hi, nice to meet you. Here's my business card. Let's do referrals. Like I hate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean I that's that. not that's you're not you're it's never gonna work it's like, that why way. Why would I give you business? Like who yeah, are you? It's yeah. like yeah. concentrate on building the relationship first, concentrate on the cause that you're supporting, mm-hmm. let your authenticity shine through, yeah. and then the leads will come. guys, welcome to episode 14 of the Realized Gains podcast. I'm Stephen Tran. I'm a licensed realtor and I'm a multifamily investor. And I'm your co-host Jordan Lee. I'm a mortgage lender based in Portland, Oregon and I'm licensed in 12 states and I also invest in single family residences. Yeah, and we have such an amazing episode. This is one of my favorite episodes ever. We had two heavy hitters uh, that we interviewed in San Diego at the ARIA conference. And if you don't know, ARIA is the Asian Real Estate Association of America. It's 18,000 members strong. Uh, Jordan, who did we interview? Yeah, we actually had a, a double interview, so to speak, which was which was a lot of fun. Uh, we The first candidate that we interviewed was Jamie Tien, and she's based in the West Hollywood area. Uh, she, she won NARS, or the National Association of Realtors 30 Under 30, uh, luxury agent, big producer, uh, and then additionally, she's the incoming 2025 national president of the Asian Real Estate Association of America. Yeah, and we also interviewed Kenny Trung, uh, also known as Kenny Fast, who runs uh, Fast Agents of EXP. Um, they are not only one of the top producers in California, one of the top producers nationally. They have hundreds of agents, uh, tons of offices in the Bay Area. I'm pretty sure they spread down to the LA area. Mm-hmm. and. You know, I love this episode because we go hard on social media content. That is like the main focus of this uh, episode. And it's so enlightening. It's so uh, great to see how they utilize social media content to build their business. Yeah, if you want to get like inspired to build more content and to, you know, be a visionary for your team, this is the episode for you. Yeah, and they inspired me. So let's get right to it. Hey guys, welcome to episode 14 of the Portland Real Estate Investing Podcast. We're here in sunny San Diego at the ARIA National Conference. Uh, If you don't know, ARIA stands for the Asian Real Estate Association of America. And I'm here with my co-host, Jordan Lee. Yeah, hey everyone. Uh, My name is Jordan Lee and I'm really excited. We have a couple special guests from our our national ARIA network. Uh, On my left side here and next to me is Jamie Tian. Uh, she's, I mean, she's got a huge resume recently. She's recognized for being 30 under 30. She's a UCLA Bruin as well. 
and um, she's got a she's got a great story to tell. And even more recently, she's been elected as the 2025 incoming ARIA president. Uh, so she'll be serving, leading over 18,000 people across the country. Uh, and then um, next to her is Kenny. He's known as Kenny Fast Agent, and he is the you have the highest listing volume in Oakland or, and sell, sales in Oakland for the last ten years. Ten years now. Wow. Right? Yeah. Very impressive. Um, so he's got he's got a great newsletter. He's got a great website. He's got a great system, and so we're looking forward to telling you all about it. Um, so yeah, to get started real quick, maybe what we'd really like to hear is I, I I heard a little bit of your story from the other day, Jamie, and so I'd love to hear just kind of like your your story growing up, how you how and why you got into real estate, like what what brought you here, and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to talk a little more about that. So um, I'm a first-generation immigrant from China. So as a child, I really experienced firsthand the challenges that immigrants face when they come to America and they kind of try to establish themselves in a foreign country. So um, this is kind of like uh, my story about my childhood. But basically, when I, when I was born at the time in China, all property was owned by the government. And homes were in short supply, so the government actually assigned the homes by seniority. And as a young couple, so my wait, in China, you couldn't go and buy a house if you had money. It was like you're just no randomly assigned. Exactly, a lottery, it wasn't even a lottery. It was just like you know, the longer you're work, everyone basically was working for the government, uh -huh. right? And the longer you're working, you know, you get oh, a higher ranking. So your parents and then position determined. Exactly. So even if you had money, you couldn't buy or even rent a property because the government owned everything. Mm. Um, so my parents at the time they were working as professors <clears throat> at a university in Nanjing, mm -hmm. and. Not Nanda. No, not, no. Not <laughs> no. I, I only ask because I, I taught at a school like right by it for. Oh, like, okay. So it's yeah. called Hohai University. Uh, okay, okay. Um, and so at the time they were working as a assistant professors, and the only place that we could live was the structural engineering lab where they worked during the day. Oh, wow. Wait, you lived in the lab? We lived in the lab. Oh, so. wow. Okay. You were born in a science lab. <laughs> so it was, uh, exactly. I was born in a science lab, so it's not like. I'm not a test tube. Not a test tube. Not a test tube, baby. Yeah. But. They, they I tell you, put the lipstick on you. <laughs> yes, exactly. They used me to test out. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. Um, so, I mean, it was it was hard, right? So, at the time, you know, you just couldn't really find housing. They just expected you to find group housing, live with your parents, just figure out somewhere to live. So, my parents decided... to work from home. Exactly. <laughs> home from work, I guess. I don't know. Um, so, basically, my parents decided to apply to earn their PhDs in America. Oh. Um, they couldn't afford tuition, so they had to just go wherever they could get a scholarship. Yep. So, my mom went to the University of Pittsburgh, and my dad went to the University of Oklahoma. I stayed behind with my grandparents in China for a few years so that my parents can get settled and kind of create a stable environment for a and child. This is kind of classic, right? Where where the, the parents kind of go first. And the parents go first, and that's been happening for a long time, I feel yes. like. Because that happened with my grandparents in like the 1900s, yes. early 1900s, but exactly. it still happens now too, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so um, stayed with my grandparents for a few years. My parents came to America. My mom went to Pittsburgh. My dad went to Norman, and they kind of got settled. And then a few years later, I joined my dad in Norman, Oklahoma. So, I mean, Norman was definitely culture shock. I was like, you know, one of the only Asian kids in the entire school. How old were you at that time? I was five years old. Okay, wow. And Nanjing in, in China is a small city of like 20 million, right? It yeah. Feels, it feels like a small city because yeah. it's, it's like pretty spread out. So you went from that to Norman. How many people were in Norman? 
you know, I don't know the exact number, but it's a pretty low population for sure. Well, you know, small yeah. schools, <laughs> and then, like I said, not very many Asians. Um, so it was like an interesting place to land when I first came to America. Wow. And then a few years after that, when my parents graduated, our family like reunited in Southern California, and um, we were able to rent a one-bedroom apartment in Long Beach. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how our family got started in California. And then eventually, you know, slowly saved our money, and we were able to buy our first home in Irvine. And buying our first home really gave our family like a sense of stability and financial security that we never were, was able to experience before. So your parents always had the mindset of they wanted to buy real estate because of what it was like in China. They didn't they weren't able to. And so yeah. that was always a, a front of the line goal for them. Exactly. That was really the reason why they came to America with mm -hmm. the American dream, literally, you know, mm -hmm. and that they wanted that, that was the goal that they're working toward to be able to actually own property. And even today in China, um, all the properties are sold on a land lease. So the government, you know, leases it to you for, I think, 70 years, and then you give it back to the government. Mm -hmm. So you aren't really able to build generational wealth because you can't pass it down oh, from yeah, generation yeah. to generation. And so um, that's why a lot of Chinese families and people from other countries as well come to America to be able to own property that they can pass down to their children. Yeah, and I heard there's like a huge housing crisis in China right now. Yeah. Yeah, with like developers voting properties like half done and not being, not finishing it. Yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the, what they do is they'll sell the property while they're um, still building it. And then they oh, wow, use yeah. the funds from the buyers to actually go and do the construction. Mm -hmm. And so there's like a lot of lawsuits right now where the developers aren't finishing up the projects on time and then people have been paying their mortgages yeah. for like a year or two already. Mm. So it's interesting what's going on for sure. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, what a great story. And so and so now your parents weren't like, you need to become a scientist or you need to get- <laughs> Oh, definitely. My parents, both engineering PhDs, yeah. so they were very studious, very much about academics. Um, so yeah, they, you know, they wanted me to become an engineer, a lawyer, a doctor. So, um, I actually studied environmental science okay. in college at UCLA. And at the time I thought I was going to go to law school. I mean, I, I didn't really want to become an engineer or doctor. So I thought that was the only choice I yeah, had, I guess. The, that's the third. So I, uh, I, you know, interned and worked at a law firm as a legal assistant for a couple years during oh, okay. uh, college, but, and I even applied to law school. So I did all my LSATs, applied everything. Oh, wow. And then once I finished my applications, I got my real estate license. Like, I yeah, thought I could taking, just... After taking the LSAT, that probably wasn't... Yeah, I was like, project. I'll just get my real estate license <laughs> too. Why not? <laughs> and then I was, I've always been really interested in real, real estate. And, you know, my parents obviously really interested in real estate. Even after they bought their home, they always went to open houses. And I would go with them to look at, you know, how much mm. our home value has grown. It was exciting to see new listings come up in our neighborhood. And then at the time when I was going to UCLA, Million Dollar Listing just came out. Oh, well, yeah. And um, the show was happening literally around campus, okay. right? Like UCLA is located between Beverly Hills, Bel Air, right, right. Holmby Hills, right in the Platinum Triangle. So I would see all the agents with their open house signs. I just thought it was really cool and I want to just try to try my hand yeah. at real estate. So I got my real estate license, kind of dove right into it. And then I decided not to go to law school kind of at the last minute, um, right before law school started. It was a big shock to my parents at the time. Um, but here I am. Did that, oh, yeah. what was that conversation like? Was it a... <laughs> yeah, they were, they always said, why don't you finish law school first? Mm. You can always do it on the side or do real estate after, but at least you'll have that degree under your belt. Right. And I, I thought like I loved I, at the time I did real estate for probably like six months before 
I was going to go to law school. And then I, I was like, I love it so much. I like this way better than law. Mm. I feel like I'm, you know, making a difference. And also I feel like it's a lot more of a positive experience, like helping homeowners achieve their homes. Yeah. Right. Because when I worked at a law firm, it was like a corporate law firm. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of just uh, negative. People are coming to you with problems and they're usually angry, upset, emotional, you know, distressed Mm -hmm. versus you're helping a family, you know, kind of. Yeah, their dreams. And so, still, you yeah. still need to review contracts. You still need yes, to yeah, yeah. I was exactly. gonna say like it's you know like it can be a little bit stiff, and at least with real estate, it can be a lot. It can be really creative. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Kenny, what, I mean, everyone, we've all seen your your marketing because you do such a good job about it. We see where you're at with your team now. But how 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 about you? Where did you come from? Like, how did you get started? And yeah, what you where yeah. Um, I wish I had like an inspiring story. But, well, I mean, you're you're Vietnamese, right? So yeah. you know, our our families. Did your family come from the war? Yeah, my family came. Um, my family came. Uh, immigrants, his family are refugees. So they they were grandparents in China. They they grew up in Vietnam. Mm. My parents both met in Saigon, and they came over in 1984. Okay, okay, uh, and had me in a we, just, yeah, like both didn't talk English. Like you know, kind of the immigrant story. Came to Oakland. I'm not sure why they went to Oakland. Actually, no, they went, sorry, they went to Canada first because my I think my dad was courting my mom and chased her. Oh really? Oh, first. that's <laughs> what a great uh, that's a great <laughs> love story. I, I love it. I was born, I was born in 1984 because I remember. Then we came to Oakland in 1987. That's when I had my brother. Um, yeah, we started off in this tiny little. We actually ended up moving like first 15 years or 18 years of our life. We lived in three different homes, mm. all rentals, all within like maybe two minutes from each other, the same oh, year. Wow. Right? Just yeah. like where a bunch of other mm. Vietnamese folks yeah. are living. Yeah, a Chinese yeah. community, kind Chinese of near, community. near New yeah. Chinatown. Mm. Or it's right now it's called Ivy Hill. It's a pretty nice neighborhood. Um, remember growing up, like I shared a bedroom with my brother and my dad. Really? It was a pretty tight family as we yeah. were kind of growing. My dad's a life lifelong mechanic and my mom was a, wait- was a waitress her, her, her whole life for career. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And I got into it. Again, I wish I had a cool story. I just like, I, I work, I like working. Like just like always keeping busy. I, right. I up, yeah, we can tell. <laughs> so, like I, um, I uh, grad. I went to college and it took me six years to finish the college. I was like a two point high school student. I like, mm. nearly pa- passed high school. I just got in trouble a lot. <laughs> but you still went to college. Yeah, so even college. with that, I mean. Yeah. So took, ended up taking some classes at the end of my credits or whatever business, and then. I, it was a recession just happened. I believe it was like 2010. So I was just looking for random jobs online. And I found one where um, I went to the local Marriott Hotel and picked up these pallets of signs, like mm-hmm. for sale, uh, auction signs, the big, I don't oh, know if really? you remember the, the yellow ones, the blue ones. So I did that for a while where I stabbed all the signs in the ground within like a three hour span for my area. So every every month I would go to like 150 homes. And then like I saw some signs outside of my parents' patio and people come pick up. But some people are nice enough, extra courtesy to knock and Met, met this guy, this big Nigerian guy. He was like super funny dude. Uh, his name was Sonny Peters. And like, we hit it off. Like, you want to be an assistant? I was like, sure. And I just literally started working for him a couple of days later. Wow. That's in, the, crazy. in the real estate field. Yeah. And then I did like BPOs and sign stuff and, you know, all the shackles and all the kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Can you clarify what a BPO is for our audience? Oh, like a broker price opinion. It's mm-hmm. like a fast CMA report, okay. a, a pricing analyst report. The banks, um, during the foreclosure crisis, when most homes were like REO or bank owned listed, um, they sent out agents that had a relationship with the listing agents had a relationship with the asset management companies, which okay. had a relationship with the bank. So when you were becoming a, when you became an REO agent or where you had 
hundreds of listings coming to the, on your lap. You actually work for a third the third party company. So okay, BPLs, you got to go out and uh, it's, it's coming back. I mean, I, yeah. I was in class well, earlier. Yeah. There's a seven hundred thousand more than seven hundred thousand uh, notes of default filings oh, in the last wow. two months, which means people who have not been able to make a mortgage they reported it. Is that just in the Bay Area or uh, California? Okay, wow. California. Okay. So wow. foreclosures are coming back. I mean, if someone had like three percent down, now the price is down twenty percent. They might just say screw it and sell it. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's true because people don't walk away from their homes that have had their house from a couple of years and have a ton of equity. But yeah. if they bought it recently with a lowdown, yeah. And so you got into real estate just by meeting a guy, and, yeah, and it hit it off. And it, it was a success just right away for you, or how did it? No, I worked. Build? I worked just at, as an assistant for the first year. Okay. Yeah, and then I, when I got licensed, like a year later, and I took. Because I was also working like other jobs. I was working at Walmart, playing the, the Wii game, <laughs> the demo in, and I like I walked all the streets in uh, San Francisco, do park right on parking meter stuff. Like there's a uh, I said that's the only PlayStation thing. Like another company sent me pallets of like lotions and nail filers and marketing materials for TV shows like New Girl. So I went to all these coffee shop and nail salons to give them stuff. So I was working. Oh, and then like another job I had at that same time was working at like through a third party, working at Facebook or. Uh, Pixar, Google, and just moving computer monitors and keyboards. So, like, I, I was doing all those random jobs. Odd jobs. You, the gig worker night. before the gig worker yeah. was a thing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So, I was, I was working like four or five gigs at like any given time. Yeah. And then that, that's why I always stayed busy. So, real estate wasn't really something I was that interested in. But when I got my license, I started looking and I read, started reading like Tech Savvy Agent or Inman mm -hmm. News every day. I still read every, almost every Inman article every day. So, I, I saw an opportunity there. Like, this is kind of cool. It's, before, like, there was no social media. There wasn't even a CRM yet. Like, I was working right. off a spreadsheet. So I saw a gap, and I've always been a techie person. Like, I started building websites in middle school and going to the computer show in mm. middle school. It was kind of, kind of weird to think about it. But that was my passion. <laughs> that's like, crazy, yeah. And tech and online stuff. So when it, when I got into real estate, that's my first year, I hit it off. Like, I just took all my broker's old listings. Vinny, um, Vinny's here, too. Uh, we had 100 listings a year, so I would manually type them into Craigslist, manually input them into Zillow and Trulia. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. um and type like so i got i learned lead gen yep. very yeah early on and still to this day like i like real estate i like real estate the the process the sales all that i'm less of a relationship person i don't hang out with my, any of my past clients but i i just like selling homes yeah like, it's fun okay. so so you're more of a mechanics guy yeah i was i was gonna say because you built a pretty massive team and you know i've seen i heard that you did like one showing recently no this year i've done i tracked all my showings down to the Five minutes is all. Yeah, I did. I did three showings this year. Really, <laughs> three showings. Okay, Wait, yeah. Showings for how many sides was it? Was it nine hundred sides or eight? So this year, I've done three showings. I've been on like six listing appointments. I think five or six listing appointments. Um, this year, our team has sold about nine hundred homes. Oh, yeah. Wow, we're, we're probably gonna do eleven hundred homes by the end this year. So I make up like not even half or one percent of the production of my team. Mm. Yeah, what was your thought process in terms of selling real estate versus creating a team? Um, I mean, you use, well, when you have so many leads coming in, they kind of just like fall through a crash, right? So yeah. my third year in real estate, I, I like, okay, this is going hitting off really big. So my first year, like I skipped my first, first year, I barely sold anything. Mm -hmm. I blanked out because I was working, but then when I took real estate seriously, I was all in on it. So that first year, I sold 24 homes. I shared 25 homes. Mm -hmm. My third year, I was really picking up. I signed up to be like, a, I was really getting traction on Zillow and my website and all this other mm -hmm. stuff. So then I also signed up for Redfin, and Redfin was bombarding me with like 10, 15 leads a week with a national. Back then, lead online leads was really e much easier. It was 11% conversion rate. Yeah. That's the norm. So now it's like, and no, no one else was doing yeah, it. Yeah, no one right? else doing it. 
So that that year, I got so many leads. I was like, I need a, I need some help. So I hired a friend, and before you can get, uh, you can go get your license within a couple of months. It was mm -hmm. very, no one was applying. Right. Yeah. So I hired. I ended up hiring three or four people that year. Um, I went to Tom Ferry that year in that my first one ever. I think it was like August thing. It's a success summit. I immediately signed up for a call. Just like one day, I want to do hundred million dollars in business. Granted, like the pricing back there was like average price like two hundred my first two years, and the next other thirty years like four hundred grand. So that was a huge feat. That would be like two hundred fifty homes. And I was yeah. like, I got, I got some help. I started growing that team, and um, the whole the whole team thing. I mean, back then it was a newer concept. Not a lot of people worked it. Mm -hmm. But by my third year starting a team, by the end of my fourth year, I left the whole team. I went to a different company because I, I didn't. There was not enough motivation, and to kind of show like I don't think anyone's gonna be that motivated to sell real estate like I am. So I thought this, you know, that's <laughs> that's a more, so like I couldn't get these people motivated. I was like. I, I can't, and that was a top person in my office, a small office, six person office, and Minnie and Denise were amazing, but they're REO. So right. there wasn't any like regular real estate sales agents off mm -hmm. I can learn from. So I went to the next company, and then I said, no teams. I went there by myself solo. And that year, in the middle of summer, um, it ended up being like the latter half of the year, like five people reached out to me, he wants to join my team. So I said, I could, I'll mentor you, not like have a team team. Yeah. Right? With a team with all structure and all that. And that went well. Next year, I brought in 15 agents, and then my company had me lead the online needs team mm. so we were like dropping 50 grand on zillow a, a month and a handle like i ran the entire program now like you equivalent to the zillow flex team right so i, I did that like i've been doing that for like almost 10 years i guess um and then that team imploded i was like this pe people are crying or complaining it's always something right and it's a rotating team too because people get once people get good at like online leads or something they don't pay you they just go buy their own yeah it's right. a concert so i i work just like I work kind of the real estate sales side with clients, agents, I've, I've mentored like hundreds of agents just because they come in, they come mm -hmm. out, and I just ran the processes. Um, but it wasn't until my fifth year of my second company, which was my ninth year in business, I was like, I, I need to actually start a team team. Right. A lot of my business partners, even when I didn't have a team, I work with various business partners. Like 98% of my deals or something like it's always with someone. So right. in one single year, I probably work with like 10 different agents. Mm -hmm. It's not really a normal thing, but I learned from that office. It's, it's not a normal thing in, in the real estate industry to work with random agents, right? Because it's a mm -hmm. scarcity mindset. It's hard to get deals. Right. Yeah. But through there, like I got to work with like tons of different agents, different skill set, different area. Yeah. Um, so even without a, I formed my that team team. I hired my first three agents, all brand new, zero experience. That January, by the end of the year, I still, I still did eighty eight deals because I half of those deals I did with random people in my office, and then wow. that was my true team. And then coming here, I joined this new company, um, EXP, January two thousand twenty. I was able to bring my 10 agents over because my company shut down with one day notice. Is oh, wow. Yeah, like they just say, hey, we're bye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just gone. Yeah, so I ended up um, interviewing 17 different companies, uh, 13 of them face to face, broker, sales managers, had four phone calls with every company like Side, Co Banker, Keller Williams, Compass, whatever. And I just went to ESP because so it was cheap. Um, <laughs> and then I came over in that year, had 10 agents in my team by the time I landed, it was 12 agents. So January 26th, my sign on day with ESP at 12 agents. And then by like June, I was 17. And then it was that COVID year. So I did like tons of webinars, just nonstop. Yeah. Where you, you must yeah, have been I, on I it too. Like top 1% Northern California, or just top 1% agents, top uh, top Alameda County agents, top Contra Costa agents, top mm. Napa agents. Today we're going to talk about mindset and motivation. And today we're at three tech, tech companies come in. That the, so like between the two months, 10 week span, I like 70 webinars and I hosted 35 of them. And I tagged every single person I hosted. So throughout that summer, 
people just watching my content every day. There's nothing right. else. Oh yeah, to do. yeah, yeah nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah I, I watch a lot of your content. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so but, like, there's so many stories. <laughs> uh, that was before, like story stories. That, that was like during um, like Tiger King uh, toilet paper scare. Oh so, yeah. So then that <laughs> oh. that really set me off. Because then at that time, if you're growing a team, usually you hit a J curve in your production because you take time away, you have to train, and you lose mm -hmm. money. Well, at that time, no one's doing anything. So by that June, I had 17 agents on my team, um, which is the biggest team like in the whole Bay Area that I know, like, at least that time. And by September, I had like 50, and in January, I had like 80, 90 agents. That's crazy. Yeah, so that was last, last year. This year, last year, sorry, this year, then we started from, so that 12 to 90 to this year, I started with 220 agents on my team. And how many people are just like managing I have, um, including myself, we have four executive uh, leadership team, okay. uh, director of sales and coaching, um, executive director, second, second person, she's more like, a, we, call her, we call her the Oracle, she's like the mama bear to the team. She handles all the contract questions, stuff like that, she's really nurturing. <laughs> and the fourth, uh, fourth person is our um, director of agent services, she handles all the different tools, platform, recruiting, uh, sorry, onboarding and stuff like that. My title in the company is just visionary. Right. It's a reference to the book Rocket Fuel. I'm not CEO, I'm, sometimes I just say founder. Because originally, um, my brand was Fast Agent. That's what everyone knows me by. And yeah. then when I started this third third time doing this team thing, it was team hashtag team fast. And then we launched Fast Real Estate. It sounds more legit uh, as our company. Mm -hmm. So now there's like there are hundreds and hundreds of Fast Agents. Currently, we're at about 350 team members. And you guys have uh, booped down to LA as well in that yeah. area. Yeah. So uh, we're well, I live in Oakland. Yeah. Um, so we in in the Bay Area we have retail offices in Oakland, Walnut Creek, Brentwood, Stockton, Sacramento, Hercules. I'm doing a build out. I have, I have keys to a brand new construction office in Hayward and co-working spaces in Fairfield and San Francisco. But this May, five months ago, we moved, we opened a retail space in Irvine. Oh, okay. yeah, Irvine. It's a pretty sick class A uh, office space. And I also have a second, I, I have an apartment lease in Irvine. I haven't been back in two months, but I have at least. <laughs> um, I won't be back. I'll be back in two weeks. Um, and then uh, a team in Los Angeles, uh, Whittier, merged with us. Oh, oh, we're, nice. we're starting to talk to a lot of teams now trying to merge with us, but that's because nice. that's, that's what this market takes. Yeah. So last last year we ended up doing about 880, 300 actions for 694 million. Nice. This year we're pacing. It's a crazy year where sales are down 30% across the board. Yeah. Um, our sales are up 15%. Mm -hmm. That's also because we hired like 250 agents this year. Yeah. And we lost yeah. like 100 plus of them. So it's just grinding again. Like that's why like my business is different. I, I care about the people. Uh, like, I don't care, but it's it's a business where you gotta yeah. lots of turnover, moving units, moving yeah. moving people, and it's yeah. fine. It doesn't well, work out. You gotta replace them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think visionary is the right title because it's you have to be able to keep reinventing yourself, right? Yeah. When pandemic came, you you shifted, right? When your yeah. company closed, you shifted, and so yeah, people are crying when like people are le legit very sad crying. Like it, it sucked that company was closing, but it's, like I just went out there. Okay, ne what's next? Like. It sucked, and like I really like the company. I never had plans to leave. We we're gonna franchise across locations, so like you gotta always see the opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. So that like okay, we'll shop, and then boom, COVID hits. Everyone's crying, and literally like really depressing during yeah. that time. They <laughs> put a bunch of bunch of this stuff, right? Yeah, so it's, always, it's always like changing. The, of it. Yeah, you gotta always like focus on what's in the future, changing your marketing. When we first started a team. A lot of the original agents who's joined me, they're, a lot of them are top producers right now on our team. It was like, you know, I use scare tactics. Like, if you're not on the Zillow Flex team, you're going to be screwed. So it's, just <laughs> right, it's probably even said more mean than that in my story. It's like, yeah, this is the future. And it was. We were the very first team in the East Bay. Not um, Another team in San Jose had it. But in the Bay Area, I was the second team uh, uh, to get Zillow Flex. So, like, we, we grew from that. And 
later are on our team was, you know, we're the training company or the fun place to be, but that's, everyone can mimic what you have. So now like we've really moved our current messaging for a team. Um, this, this recent January, I said, we stopped recruiting Zillflex. I know it's gonna go away soon. And now online leads volume is down like 70%. So you gotta just see and feel things. And if you at these conferences, you hear someone says something and you hear it again later on from, from someone really smart. Right. And then someone, okay. That's a trend. Yeah. 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 So like, I don't know what markets are doing what, but like, I knew for a fact that if we were depending on online leads, we'd be screwed. Yeah. Right. So now we're, um, our team, we look up, um, look up our fast agents. We're the, we literally call ourselves our the team. I'm sorry. I like to create content. So yeah. now we, we, we just recently, we set up this at four offices. We have the big lights, the mm -hmm. camera stuff. Like we're, we're really making, helping our agents create content. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just last week, we had a, a professionally coach, 100,000 followers now, because he got pushed by a new home. Uh, I, I'm in his mastermind program too. So we had one of the people that's in his program come to our Sacramento office and sat down like this and we shot shot content for like 15 agents. That's awesome. Professionally yeah. shot. And then um, they're not gonna do editing for us, but I have virtual assistants that does editing for us, mm -hmm. like the caption stuff. Now we're gonna do the same concept in Irvine in two weeks after a business planning workshop that day. And the next day, me, Neo and Connor, um, Renane, all like, you know, really strong on video coaching. Three of us are going to hold the class that day. So like everything is all in on video because video podcasts, mm -hmm. brand exposure, it doesn't cost money to do. Right. Right. A few hundred bucks in equipment. Yeah. Like the oh, thing is, yeah. you could buy, you could buy online leads for like $500 or whatever. Yeah. And in many markets right now, like um, Colorado, San Diego, elite in San Diego, according to um, Mark Patson, he was at a conference I was at, um, one lead, like around the phone call in San Diego is $700. Mm. And my friends in Colorado said one, one single phone call needs a thousand dollars. Oh jeez. It. Yeah. It's crazy. Like what? Like it's crazy, but you know, it's a last year, 14% of our business was uh, online leads. Now it's like, it's down 10%, 11%. Mm. So we're really focused on like content creation right now. That's the mm -hmm. future. No, I love that because I, I followed this from you, but you had that one button record a video straight yeah. to Google drive. Like you removed all barriers to entry to film a video is like, just sit down, press a button yeah. and go. I got, that's credit to my um, executive producer. To set up a room like that, yeah. I think it's gonna cost about three grand if you don't count the camera and the um, laptop. Yeah. But we, my my guy created this thing called, I think it's a gaming tool, I don't know. Stream Deck. Stream Deck. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we have the lights on all the time, the big bright lights, the white backdrop, mm -hmm. fancy camera, uh, iMac in front of you with the piece of tape so you see, you can work within, within mm -hmm. the grids. You go in and this, you can go press this button. Yeah. And thing that records and you just talk. And when you're done, you press the button and it goes to Dropbox. So smart. I'll set it up. I'm a former software engineer, so I'll, I'll do it. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's like you have an idea and you want to do it. You get excited about it. Yeah. By the time you set up everything, you're just yeah. like, oh, fuck Honestly, even, even that's a great concept. We probably have like 30 something agents use it. Yeah. Even that's kind of like intimidating because you're going to a big right room. Like, yeah. It's like interrogation. So if you're not comfortable with that, so that's why now we're setting up. All these little mini so in my Walnut creek office i have 20 private suites i read out four or five of them but i have 15 suites now and i'm we tricked out every room different furniture different um setup i'm gonna paint some walls pink and blue and green and oh, just like fun. make it more casual yeah you kind of post it like you know any agent can find kind of not as there. extreme but yeah. even on some of those like karaoke places right? <laughs> <laughs> imagine like that's my long-term vision. Like, imagine you just every room is set up. You put your camera in, the lights are on. Like, you have a different zoom background. It's kind of cool to have a really cool zoom background. You know, like, yeah, yeah, it's different. Yeah. Not a white wall, right? So we try to get more activity in our offices. Imagine like that office had like five different setups. And one of the big rooms that's probably like three hundred square feet. We're gonna turn it into like a TV. 
studio thing. Like there's certain, there's a lot of podcasts I like, like um, Chef, like I don't know, like Barstool or okay. Two Chicks podcast. Not content, but like a lot of raunchier or funnier or whatever podcasts. They usually have like crazier like backgrounds and you know, yeah. so we're trying to right. create that environment for agents so they can go in and like just like have fun in that environment. Create yeah. mm-hmm. And then so. if they and then since a lot of them don't know how to do it, then my goal is to bring in a coach every single time to talk them through it. And usually the coaches are lenders because most of the news program, um, what if you guys don't follow New Home, you should at N E L H O M E. Mm-hmm. He has a program where he coaches all these, you know, the talking heads content with the words. Like, yeah, yeah. He like all his people crush it at that. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to pay tens of thousands of dollars to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll figure it out. So so now we're now my long term vision is like go every market I'm in, go find coaches uh that lenders that have been coached and are creating that content now lender you come to my office and, and teach right. my agents Keeping to do it agents i don't gotta pay you because they're gonna give yeah, you that's a huge value for the lender right? yeah, yeah exactly that's like that's the future and then i don't know like we've been working on this for a couple of months it could have been faster but that's that's the thing i think that's how you can create a ton of content for your agents doesn't cost them any marketing they're not self-sufficient on you, but you're a huge partner in, in building their thing. And the lenders win because then the lenders yep. get yep. deal. So in lenders, you know, like applications are down like 70%. Lenders are screwed right now too. Yeah. Just agents. So, yeah. I mean, lenders right, Jordan? All, I mean, <laughs> right now I'm getting calls from, eight, from yeah. lenders all day long. These guys that are only getting refinance. Yeah, right? but yeah. you got to provide value you're to the agents. Drop a couple of dollars on a lunch and learn or take me out for happy hour. Like, yeah, exactly. I'll buy the alcohol. You come in and like, and food. You, you come yes. in and help my agents make content. So that's, we just started that. I'm really excited. So we have 15 agents. That's probably going to be like, I don't know, 100 pieces of the content. Mm. Quick one minute thing. And then that's where we'll take over the internet. Yeah, you we do that every location. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. gonna kill it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I'll say, uh, you know, you're definitely an inspiration to us. You're part of the reason why I was like, we gotta get a podcast. We gotta do content. <laughs> we gotta get this going. So I just like, I, just, I, I, I mean, I, I've been to like, I don't know, six conferences in the last two months. Mm-hmm. I do this almost half the year. So every time I go to conferences, I just like learn stuff and I yep. tell my team to do it. Like I don't think too hard because, so we have. 35 people on staff, I think, with over half of them being overseas. So if I need, and all my executive leadership and my most of my assistants, uh, phys, local physical assistants, they all have their own virtual assistants. Hmm. Now, now some of them have two, like the video guy, we're getting a second guy yeah. for him. So every time you have a good idea, like if you hear anything on this podcast or watching this, like if you like the idea, you run with it. There's still the, the most successful people make decisions quickly and it's the least time from learning to execution. Hmm. If yes. you sit on these ideas, you're just not going to do it. Yeah, and I feel like these kind of things, the more you do it, the easier it gets. The mm-hmm. first time you do it, you're nervous, you're scared. But once you do it three, four times and you right. kind of know what you're doing, just like you guys in your podcast, you know what you're doing now, you can set it up easily, get it edited and, you know. That, I mean, that leads perfectly to the next question I was going to ask you about is like what if, you, if you're talking to somebody that wants to get started doing content on their own. I mean, both of you guys have huge following on Instagram, I would say. How, how did you build that and like what – what mechanically with Instagram it makes the best return on investment of time for you guys and yeah are you DMing a lot through Instagram I remember I think I heard you say that once in a conference but like for us a lot of us we're not we're not quite there yet we're like partly there but we're trying yeah. to figure out how to get there's business. a strategy I, I just heard from Neil that like yesterday morning I, I haven't heard it before if you're not comfortable on camera like every day in the morning shoot shoot the video and don't upload it and do that 10 days straight oh, yeah. now yeah. You're, like now, I, yeah, yeah. Good. now you're used to your voice not being yeah. annoying yeah. yeah like i i i had i've never even shot a video long form where i posted on my wall where i'm like talking so I'm not, next week i have a whole list of stuff i'm gonna talk about um 
I could, like last week I talked in front of 6,000 people. I feel very comfortable talking, but then I don't like just sitting here and doing it because I, I got to get over that. Yep. Yeah. But like yeah. stories, stories is a great way. Stories. Yeah. Stories is a great way because then you're, it goes away in 24 hours. You right. can say something stupid and not feel that bad. Like you right. just got Keep going. The CFPB is not going to come after me if I mess up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I always say that if you make some kind of content and you post it and then nobody likes it, that means no one saw it anyway. So who cares? Yeah, right. like gone. just so, just keep point. just keep doing it, and you know some of them are going to catch on, some of them aren't. If you post it, you don't like it, you can delete it. It's fine. I mean, there's nothing to be like really intimidated it's about. A lot now, too, I, I have a couple friends that own video companies, and their sales are down. We were we partnered with them. Yeah, people. They just don't want to also with the market dipping um, Monday cider. Yeah. Yes. Like we, it's great. Like if you do a long form uh, video content, it's probably like five, $600, all right. For a couple a two minute video or something. I've had a partnership with, with this company where we pay less about half of that. Oh, wow. And then my agents, let's just say it's, we pay, I pay a retainer fee, $2,400 for eight videos every month. And then my, I, I charge my agents $200. I'm taking a loss on it. We can't get, with this many agents I have, like 300 locally, I can't even get them to go pay $200 to do a long form video. Really? So what I learned is like, more recently, you see this too on TikTok and Reels, people are just posting the same thing over and over. Like Thatch Studio is one of the biggest people on Instagram. He just talks about 10 different things all day, repeat. True, different, true. Like the same messaging. So like right now, things don't need to look that good. It's the consistency and how much content you're putting out daily on web platforms than it is the quality of it. I think that I agree with that. And the younger generation really likes less produced, more yeah. natural mm -hmm. lifestyle type videos. They, 15 second video. Yeah. It, it, don't it's need more a relatable. camera. Yeah, it's more relatable yeah. and seems more attainable, mm -hmm. right? Your, your content is really good. I've been following you since I met you. Like, it's, well, it all helps that you sell really cool homes. Yeah. So you're, a lot of your content, at least remember, if it's not video, it's just a picture of you in front of home. I was like, yeah. And you, also, you dress crazy. <laughs> yeah. like pink bags and you know yeah. like, so like it's, well it's fun it's, it's, it's very really fun yeah. she, I know she golfs right yeah. I know she goes and loves to swim yeah. like because of her you know that's, that's the brand hangs yeah. out yeah. in the pool uh, yeah. a lot sure. <laughs> I think yeah. when, I, when I when I first started out on, on Instagram that was like you know 10 years ago and at the time I think Eight, there were not a lot of agents on Instagram at all. I think at that time, people still thought social media was like not professional, right. and yeah. a lot of brands and companies didn't use social media. So I think that I told was, you not to. In, in my first Inman, they two, said three, not to. They said don't use social media. Really? Like, wow. At Inman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, right? So how this things was, this have was changed? Like Twelve years ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And my my office manager at the time kept telling me, "You can't sell homes from behind your computer, Jamie. You got to go hit the streets, door knock, cold call." I was like, I, you know, I did a little bit of that, but I just am not a big door knocker, yeah. cold calling. It's not my personality. And yeah. I was like, I want to do something online. I mean, I, I feel like there's an opportunity here. So, I mean, I started posting, of course, the pictures of myself and stuff like that, which no one had ever, and it, it was like, no one had ever seen a realtor do that before. Yeah. So I definitely gained a big following from that, but also just engaging with my actual audience, not just posting and then forgetting about it, but actually talking, DMing, like I spent a probably an hour or two every day just really? responding to Same. messages and all of that. Okay. I respond to everyone who messages me or tags me or talks to me. Right. I try to at least, you know, mm -hmm. I do my best to do that because I think engaging with the audience is really, really important. And then when I go to conferences like these, I mean, I meet people for, you know, like 10 minutes, but you know, you can exchange a business card, but then like, I what? never, I, I don't I, bring business cards. Business cards are such a waste. Uh, I mean, I bring home a stack of them and I toss them. I mean, I don't ever look at them again. So I mean, I I just pull up Instagram, LinkedIn, yeah. you know, yeah. connect, so you and can, then after you know, probably that's like 
how I met you guys right yeah. at the conference. Yeah, exactly. We out for 30 minutes. We connect on Instagram, but then- If someone's not on Instagram, I don't think I want to do business with them. Exactly. Like, yeah, all seriousness. <laughs> seriously. Like, I love that. I love that. Right. It's just like, you got to vibe with that person, right? Yeah. So if you meet people through your church or social networking, whatever, then they're your tribe. Yeah. I, I live on Instagram. So if someone's not on Instagram, that's not someone I see myself saying to referral to. Yes. Also, they're not on Instagram. I'm not going to be top of mind for them. So like, there's not yeah, going to exactly. be much of a relationship there. Exactly. There's a certain, I feel like there's a certain comfort or Facebook, level or Facebook. of like yeah. messaging someone on a story for some, for some reason feels different than messaging, than sending, like going through and sending a text. Like for some yeah. reason that's yes. harder to do. It's yeah, directly exactly. to it's you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, this conference, I probably text 50 new people and they're probably not Instagram. It was like, oh, give me your, give me your, it's, it's uh, maybe it's an older demographic. Yeah. Give me your thing. Like I text them. Now with it, we have a text going on. Like, hey, here's my information. You're just like, okay, I don't know who Sophia or Anne or George like, is. You want to put a face to yeah. it? Like, what like, kind of person? So what are your hobbies? Some, like, I don't, I'm not, yeah. to be honest, I'm not going to look at it again. Like, I don't know who they are. I, yeah. I don't even know their company. To send you a business card, great. Like, I don't know anything about you. Like, and then that, that moment is so fast, right? Yeah. You found the Instagram, we're going to chat and like build a relationship. Exactly. There. And then you start feeling like, you know, someone that you met only one time, maybe for 10 minutes, you mm -hmm. feel like you know them. Yeah. yeah. And then Connect when you see them again, maybe a year later at a conference, you're like, oh, I feel like we've been friends for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're doing every day, yeah. what you're eating, what you're doing for sports, what your hobbies are, yeah. everything, what homes you've sold, what kind of homes. Yeah. So you remember them. And I literally had over a hundred people come up to me at East Pecan last week and I went to a competing brokerage just not... EXP, I went to the competing brokerage uh, conference the other day in San Antonio, mm -hmm. and like 40 people came up to me throughout, like, hey, you're Kenny. It's like, yeah. I, I, that nice to meet you. Right? <laughs> That's the power of like um, social media. Like, you cannot get that type of reach where people know yeah. you. And I, I genuinely do try to remember a name. They, and it's funny, on, on Tuesday, uh, um, they had this guy named Ron White. He was a uh, world record holder of memory name. It's, I recorded a video, it was crazy. He was walking in the crowd. He named 198 people's name out 200. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I okay. saw that video. That was so crazy. Like, George. Is this just some mind reader? No, no, no. He just like, remembers like, the name. Memorized it. That's crazy. I'm like. So, so why I'm bringing that up? I, thought, I saw that video. I thought yeah. it was like a magic trick. So we're expecting you to know 150 out of 200, right? Oh, so. <laughs> like, some, there's a bunch of things like eat, eat, sleep, and eat right, and drink exercise. But the main thing is that when you meet someone, because half the time you meet someone, you're trying to figure out what you're going to say. Yeah. So. Instead of thinking So, like, the the most so stupid but it came from the expert but he said when you meet someone like okay what's their name what's their name like like look like what's really really like don't think about anything else except their name, their name and their face yeah okay. so that's yeah. something i've been trying to do in the last week advice. i was gonna say i've had scary moments where i'm like oh my god who is this who is this who is this who is this you i always know? feel bad because like, i read someone you know, yeah. like years ago actually i just look it up like i keep referencing i don't even know but i think that human brain can only remember like 300 names so yeah. and it's weird because i was talking to some people today like I was like, I was like, where's Mel at? Uh, and I was like, Mel's, Mel, by the way, Melissa Sophia is a coach, uh, the chair for this event. I forgot her name. I was like, Mel knows. Like, Gary, were, have you seen Mel knows? Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> Amanda on Mel's team. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I was like, Mel. Yeah, like, it's, Mel. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where the age we're living. Because I, I talked to Mel. I probably exchanged hundreds of messages on like, yeah. DM. That's how I know her. I, can't even, I don't even have her number saved. I'm trying to remember, <laughs> yeah. the texture. To go to the nightclub tonight, I was like, chilling me out now. You go back to Instagram and talk to her. So yeah. if you were a text message, I'll, I'll change a couple of texts with you, but we're in DM, like it's it's always responding to something. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the world we live in. Yeah, for sure. How much of your business now do you think of your like just your natural growth is coming from social media versus like, you know, other standard sources of referral versus online leads? 
at this point? Well, it's it's hard for me to pinpoint that because I think it's connected with like the networking I do in person, right? Mm -hmm. So like I think probably about half of my business comes from referrals now from mm -hmm. Aria, from my 30 under 30 network. Yeah. Yeah. But these are all people that I have met in person. But I think and without remember social, you but because, without social yeah. media, I don't think we would have connected so much except mm -hmm. for seeing each other for five minutes, chatting for five minutes at the conference. And then like, like Kenny said, I'm not going to remember, oh, when I think of like Nashville or whatever city, I'm not going to remember – but then if I see them on Instagram posting all the time, I'm like, it's that girl. She's in Nashville. Like, I think of her immediately when I have referrals. And same same thing with me is, like, I want people to think of me when they think of Los Angeles, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I post all the content about going around L.A., my life in L.A. And, you know, whatever you're doing, just post about it. You yeah. Know? You got to... Like Kenny does, like oh, I post oh my god! <laughs> like, no well, one keep has reiterating ever done that stories oh, than Kenny of all time. I'm the guy people say I, like I know no one's watching my stuff this week because I was like three or four hundred views when I get over seven hundred. But the people who do watch are like die like are way more engaged. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. way way more engaged. They understand like the whole stuff. Like that's why like I'm so, like I go to these conferences. I have to half the time. I mean, I go to every conference like Imen and Taferi and Aria and Nareb and. I went to Realty One Group Summit this year, and I went to Real Brokerage there today. Like I go to everything, yeah. Because yeah. like I just want casual speakers speaking, and then like get my commentary on it or teach someone. So like I'm, yeah. I'm like I'm like a free real estate coach. That's why I've been able to recruit hundreds, hundreds of agents because they follow my stuff. Because they're not learning that anywhere. So people who do follow my stuff, they'll skip. Like I don't know, we had a bunch of stupid videos from the club last night or like <laughs> events, right? Or karaoke. So much freaking karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you singing? I don't sing. <laughs> but my writing, you know, like this week, like I, because I've been um, last out of the last five nights, I've been at two karaoke spots, two piano bars. So, and realtors just love karaoke. So yeah, like, yeah. Asian realtors, yeah. especially Asian realtors for sure. Yeah, like I, I mean, I, I was singing the other night. So. I swear, like every convention, I like lose my voice every time. <laughs> and and I, from the I never sing either. But yeah. as soon as you get me drunk, I'm just like, how I many, don't know why I'm singing. Uh, how many? <laughs> wish, wish. If you if you enjoy karaoke, we all do. Like at least here, yep. how many realtors in the past month have you seen posting really funny karaoke people? None. Yeah, None. zero. Yeah, I'm I'm the only one. Yeah. So you like karaoke, then you're like me. Yeah. Like I don't like yeah. I don't I don't sing like, but that's like that's the mindset, right? And people say yeah. the people so. Point is like some people follow me for just real estate training, and some people, some people really enjoy the funny stuff. Yeah. 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 Skip past it, and then, like I get the Arya just got talent with so, the dancing stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. I. 40 stories from that. You guys did great, really? by the way. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. About that. So someone, someone's <laughs> going to enjoy that show for free. You can't I, get that show anywhere else. Yeah. Let's true. just say I'm the guy with the shirt off at this uh, conference. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's you. The, <laughs> every hey, time we go out. Every time it's, it's like, yeah, you took your shirt off, right? Take it off. I'm like, uh. <laughs> just you know? time for camera. Well, right. It's all about giving people more ways to relate to you, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Some people follow for the real estate content. Some people follow for the food, foodie content, yep. whatever. Yeah. Some people follow because. They like looking at really nice homes. Really nice homes. Oh. Some people like follow, sure. talking to me about my golf, like whatever. Just giving yeah. people things to comment on things to look at things to ways to relate to you like jesse peters on speak last week is like four times seeing the same presentation it's a great presentation i reference it a lot to my team like for social media your your social media wall start like save the open house flyers for your stories that's, that's yeah yeah but your social media wall is like a tv show yes right mm. you don't watch Seinfeld or the office for the commercial breaks you watch it for the people right. and the characters. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. then, like, I'm Michael Scott, and you could be like Jim, and like, you'll watch that show. It's more funny, right? Yeah. Right, right. It's not right. just one person talking. Yeah, Even talk right. shows are just not one person talking, bringing guest yes. speakers. 100%. So run your social media like that, where it's like 80% you, whatever it is you you have. My wall doesn't look like that, but again, I post on stories. So but 
your your wall is your is your TV show like golf and your pets and your whatever your ha- uh, hobbies are, and then like every commercial break is you selling real estate. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, one, no one's looking to hire a realtor. They're looking to hire someone that they like that sells real estate. Oh, that's really yeah. Hard. No, I always say this like when you go to conferences and you go to a charity events or anything. Like, don't be the person that's going around handing out business cards and then <laughs> yeah. talking to everyone for two seconds. Hi, nice to meet you. Here's my business card. Let's do referrals. Like, I hate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I that's that. not, that's, you're not, you're, it's never going to work like, that why way. would I give you business? Like, who yeah, are you? It's yeah. like, concentrate yeah. on building the relationship first. Concentrate on the cause that you're supporting. Mm-hmm. Let your authenticity shine through. Yeah. And then the leads will come. If you're forcing it, I mean, if you're just playing that numbers mm-hmm. game, you might hand out a thousand business cards. If you get one lead, I'll be shocked. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just yeah, it's you gotta, how you do you business. Bill report first. Like when I when you go to I I don't go to many events are on real estate, but if you go to the event, like just get to know that person, right? Yeah. They ask you what you do, just say I'm in real estate. Yeah. Don't sell yourself. No. Like get be humble. Like I go to all these conferences, people know me. I say, Oh I'm in real estate. Oh, I just have a team. I don't yeah. need to say I'm the number one agent. Right, right, right. Exactly. Cause I, I want them like someone to get to know you for who you are and ask me questions. Yeah. Sometimes like, oh shit, I didn't know you were Whatever, I was like, yeah, like it's not a big deal. Exactly. That's how you actually get to know someone. Yes. If you stay humble, people want to be around like people who aren't jerks. And then they'll find out later when they out. see on your yeah. Instagram, you know, you're yeah. selling stuff yeah. or your yeah. team's doing, and they're like, oh, wow, it's yeah. interesting. And it's such a better way for them to find out than you asking or bragging, you know, it's just not authentic. Yeah. And like one of my mentors might be like screwing what he said, like, he's like, he's that, that, oh, he's number one agent in San Diego. And yeah. We're so happy in San Diego. He was like, well, people think I'm Dan Beard because I do this. Or whatever it might be, but it's, it's because he does that that he's Zambier. Like exactly. it's your actions, right? You don't you don't need to tell people what, like what yeah. what's the power of social media. Like people just find out yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. And then the more humble you are, the more people talk about you, which means more like op- referral opportunities. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So you you just brought up a good point that I did want to talk about. Like we're here for the Asian Real Estate Association of America. We advocate <laughs> for Asian home ownership rights. Um, tell us how you got involved with this organization. Why the mission? kind of has is important to you and what to me like you know I, I was told oh you got to go to networking groups you got to do nonprofit groups so then when I joined Aria it was like I like the mission and I like the people how does what do you think about the mission and how it's impacted your kind of I don't know your understanding of real estate and your focus I guess yeah well I I first got into Aria in 2017 so actually Sherwin from the Las Vegas chapter was at the time very involved with the GLA chapter and he was helping them plan their super summit. Mm. So um I had just gotten the 30 under 30 award right. that year so they invited me to come speak and I went to speak with uh, Kevin Sturdivant, Mike oh, Bowie. So you heard about Aria. For, at, yeah, at, so they, you to they speak. asked me to speak at the okay, event. Well. I came and spoke at the event but immediately I was so humbled like Everyone in the organization just welcomed me with open arms. I felt like I knew them already. Mm. You know, they it did, it was just like so welcoming, and I I don't feel I never felt that way at any other type of organization or event. That's something that's really special about Aria. And um, obviously, as an immigrant, um, mm. I you know I really do understand the significance of owning a home and how that really does change your life. And so the mission of Aria just really stuck with me, and that's why I've kind of continued to slowly get more and more involved. Right. Um, and I think that it's just amazing the power that an organization like this can actually have. And I think I'm excited because I think, um, you know, what I kind of want to do is, although of course our main goal is advocacy and supporting, you know, policies that 
mm-hmm. kind of give our clients the opportunity to achieve homeownership. I also think that it's our responsibility as an organization to actually teach them how to achieve it. Right. And, um, you know, millennials now are almost like 50% of the home buying population. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge generational wealth transfer going from the older generation to the younger generations, I think $7 billion, right? And sadly, though, millennials are known as the least financially literate generation. <laughs> yeah. Millennials don't know Which what's going on. Which is weird because the information's all there, right? Yeah, the information's all there. But, you know, a lot of the times my own peers that are my age, I'm 31 now, and most of my peers do not own a home and they feel like it's unfathomable. Like, they're like, I would never get to that point. And I'm like, but you guys have good paying jobs. Like, what's going on? You don't mm-hmm. know how to save money, you don't, you never thought about it, you don't have that goal. So I really want to kind of teach the younger generation Mm -hmm. about how to invest, like you guys are with your podcast, how to invest, how to achieve homeownership, how to, you know, how to build wealth through real estate. I think that's our responsibility as an organization, because not only to be the voice for real estate professionals, but to teach the things that we learn and advocate for to the community, and make sure that the community is kind of behind us too. And that I feel that you know, it's good for our membership. It's good for our attendance. It's good for our sponsors. They can reach the consumers directly. It's just good for everyone. Right. And when we go to Washington, D.C. to go advocate for these policies that give our clients the ability to own and buy homes, you know, if we have the actual population on our side, yeah. I think it's just more yeah. impactful. We can yeah. make a bigger difference. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say it's really impressive. Like you guys are in very high price markets. You're ready for this. I know, right? Uh, but, uh, that yeah. was just off the cuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's impressive. Oh, my God. That's that why you're speech. president, you know? That's going to be cut off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I was going to say, like, you know, obviously you were talking about millennials trying to buy homes, especially in your markets. I used to live in the Bay Area. Yeah. And, like, there's a lot of sticker shock. And the yeah. fact that you're able to sell in that market is just incredible, you know? So how do you get people over that that hump to start – just get going and go? Yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, obviously – in the Bay Area and in Los Angeles, homes are expensive. But like, if you're able to just even buy that first one bedroom condo, maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe it's thirty minutes out of out of the city. That's what maybe you did first, right? You yeah, that's what I did first. So I bought a condo first. You know, it was eight hundred square feet. I lived there for five years, and then I sold that in 2020, 2020 I think, and then I bought my my first home. Sick house, beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah we yeah. see it a lot. You guys <laughs> you know? come visit my house when you guys come to Los Angeles. Okay. But, you know, just like one step at a time, right? You, same with my family. You know, we were finally able to rent a home, finally able to buy a home. And then um, a couple years after that, my parents were able to buy their first investment property and move into a new home and rent out our old home. Yeah, and, great. You know, I just really see the ability for that to really kind of build wealth and stability, right? As a child renting, I moved before we were able to buy our first first home, I moved like every one or two years to a mm-hmm. different place, different rental. And as a child, that is it really does affect your childhood. You're you know, you finally make friends. You're already like an immigrant. You finally learn how to speak English. You finally make friends and you move again. Mm-hmm. You finally make friends yeah. and you move again. And um so I just I really experienced it myself, and I, I want to help other families kind of achieve that goal. Well, just these friends kind of move away from you because you know, <laughs> yeah. in your network. Exactly. I mean, I'll say me. that some of my best clients are like literally my elementary school friends. Yeah. And like being living in the same area growing up over time, having stable housing and like mm-hmm. being in a school district with other people that are stable is, is important to like yes. your long-term business network. Yeah. I mean, sure. unless you can just build a network from nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's called Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's That's very interesting because I think that like the new generation, the younger generation, they have this whole world out there and yeah. like a lot of 
lot of younger kids don't hang out with the kids that they see at school. They have their internet friends that they play yep. video games with. Mm -hmm. Like the, these kids are gonna have the metaverse. I mean, this is you hang out unprecedented with your, times. Your, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I consider us friends. We haven't seen each other for a year. Yeah, like exactly. through social media, we chat. We, we talk message. like every week. Yeah, but, so it's great. You know, we we I like to watch your turtle story. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my personal favorite. <laughs> yeah, I gotta find a way to bring that into real estate. The turtles yeah. and the real estate. So you know. Yeah, I mean that's how you find your tribe online, right? Cause I know you're. I mean, like that's why, online. Like I think marriages fifty percent is for online dating because uh, you, yeah. you know you know someone's hobbies and stuff and you just have a better connection so like the same as like just making friends stuff you you find your tribe mm. turtles are cool like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, hey, don't worry i'm starting like slow turtles. real estate yeah. i'm starting slow real so, estate like, don't like, worry slow real estate i love it i love that our cars right like it's, no, no, it's easier i think yeah i didn't even think about that that's a private copy that i talk about it but people actually have more friends online than they do in real life yeah and like before a couple of years ago like is it real friends and all that but now like now you, it's like you have a really you i mean remember when online. people were like embarrassed to say i met this girl online or mm -hmm. like you know it's like online dating yeah, right? Right, even, right even like when yeah. i was in high school college it was still weird like because many of, many years ago and I, I agree with it yeah like was that like on social media you're not really getting true friends you know because yeah. people aren't that like open but I, no. That was before like DMs Pe and Snapchat. People were fake Snapchat. on social media before too. Like, oh yeah, it was an influencer. You didn't have like the the pictures as mm -hmm. much. You know, it used to be like instant messenger, right? So you, it was kind of more anonymous. And now you have. Or even when it was first started, it was like the, the influencers or people who had really curated and high quality photos, yeah, that's and true, yeah. models, yeah. and yeah, all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah, but now yeah. people don't even care for those people. They want no. like personality and. Yeah. Oh, like I, I love following. I love. When I run into people on social media that have like original content, like they're funny or something's just like different, and that's why we're trying. I chose the, the, my company. The company has thing is like it's a good start to get have content, but some agents in my in my team are just super creative. Like, I can't even explain to you. Like, I, it's just so random. Right? Yeah, yeah, those are own, those are super. Those are people I want to hang out with. They're like original. And I really do believe that everyone has it in them, but they need to like learn how to tap into it. Mm -hmm. yep. And yeah. I think a lot of newer agents or people in general try to like emulate or copy someone that they look up to but yeah. it's not about like copying someone it's about like taking ideas from different people that you look up to and then figuring out how you can make it your own yep. and really bring out your own personality because that's otherwise it's not you're just doing the pointing thing right exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but the, the thing is a lot of agents like 95 percent agents did not go to conference right i right. met people here at my first conference so they're not exposed to that yeah so like our company our slogan is literally be you but fast. It's been like that for over two years. Exactly. And my, my personal slogan yep. I started using recently, that's cats that a lot of people know that's my slogan, is don't be boring. Be you but fast is like don't be Kenny, like, but this is the way we do business, this is how I you think do it. That's why all these agents want to join you. It's yeah. not because you're just passing out leads nope. and they're so happy and they're making so many deals. It's because Kenny We're helps them, them figure out how And I give really Construct. Yeah. I give really, really blunt feedback, and my team. <laughs> I can see that. In the yesterday, with four of my team members, I told them why their walls suck, and they're all working on it right now. Because one person, the example, is all her face, and she's hiking a lot. And I was like, the the problem with your if your your if your wall is just your face, nothing on your face. It's just <laughs> people, people uh, don't know what what every like. I'm not gonna watch Tony video. I don't know what you're gonna say in this one. I don't know what it's about. And then we we have the same issue with our right. uh, follow the fast agents on Instagram. Cause we were so we, we have no listings, not a single property. Is our events, but but then we have all these uh, Asian spotlight and everything, and then like eighty percent of it was just people's faces. Like, do we need changes? I don't like the way. Yeah. They went went so original on like let's showcase our agents. Now all like okay, we, we reset it. So 
I forgot I was going to have like, but one person had two inches of this, and another person had like all flyers on her kids. I was like, you don't, you don't have enough of your face, and then you, person all face, you don't have your enough. Face. You, yeah, <laughs> old face, so no like, face. Like, all face, no face. Yeah, and <laughs> I was so like, the, the person with the face, I'm like, hey, try this step one. If you make a, a job too hard, you're not going to do it. So do this. Download all, all your screens, all your videos, just screenshot it, go on uh, Canva, upload it, just put a word on it. At least step one. Now you have something. Oh, okay. and then later, do something else. Yeah, yeah. Your yeah. your video doesn't need to have a screenshot of that exact event. Right. So just because you got to design the wall, so be, before it was all like these influencers and these again these supermodels, whatever. Now like your wall still needs to be uh, pretty clean. Uh, one thing I learned from conference recently is the quality does matter. Your consumers in general, people watching here, they don't care about the quality. Yeah, but. Someone that wants to be your client, new person, yeah, yeah. Just looking you it's up, right? Important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that person is really gonna see your videos good because then that's that's your presentation, right? You so heard? I think, yeah. So more casual things or lower quality things, throw it on your story. It's mm -hmm. fine. It shows what you're, it's going on every day. Yeah. When you do actually wall posts, you should put a little more thought into it's blurry, it. Curate like, it a little care, bit. Yeah. Right? And, and you, you see it. You, you see it. You feel like it. I follow all, all kinds of realtors. Like, if they have just really polished. Pictures like I, like, I, 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 for some reason, I see a lot of them are Houston. I follow a lot of female realtors that are attractive, but I'm trying to use because my team members think like you have to be in bikini or something else. I know like, you don't like, and I, I say some examples, I send it to some of my team members. Look, this person is just really polished. They, they, I don't even know that they, they look like a top producer, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they sell, but if your pictures look like that, like it's clean, it's like just, just well edited, it's in this, um. It's curated, but it's not just, you know, again, it's not like a beauty shoot. It's, no. it's, it's look, and then all your photos are good. Your team shots, your outdoor shots. I won't work with that person. That person seems to care, have attention yeah, to detail. Yeah, attention to detail. Attention to yeah. detail. Yeah. Care about their business. So yeah, posting random stuff is great, but that doesn't belong. And that's what we're trying to teach our team. And to move 300 agents in one direction. It's, oh, it's, that's it's, hard. Yeah, that, it's you hard. got shy it's people. Hard. You got yeah. but we, people who we, share too much. <laughs> we, do, we do a good job getting, like, getting them to do it. And Elias, my, uh, my business partner, director of sales, like, he's amazing. He'll do challenges. He'll like challenge people to commit to like, hey, do one video this week. And we've seen mm -hmm. some people, they find that first video and they say, hey, this, this is my first video. I'm kind of shy. And then all of a sudden, like within a couple of weeks, and yeah, now they're like, it. not like, oh, we got another one. We're like, okay, now now they set the example for another agent that might be shy. Yeah. So that's how, I mean, that's why we were able to, you know, over almost 500 agents in two, two and a half years. Yeah. Because they want that. They want to know what you guys are doing. Start to explain to them, right? Go post content. Like you mm -hmm. gotta be around people who are also like doing it. Yeah, no, you create a really great team culture. I mean, yeah. really, when I see your stuff, it reminds me of my tech offices when I was working in San Francisco. Office, so, sorry. You know, it's very fun. People want to be there. They yeah. want to talk to each other, hang out. Everybody's smiling all the time, just yeah. enjoying themselves. So You said something earlier. Yeah. I forgot, like, the, th the thing is why, why a lot of companies, they, they can't teach it is because the sales managers just don't do it themselves, right. right? Yeah. You can't, you don't open up a can of worms telling your agents to go do this, and then all of a sudden, hey, what, what do you think next? And they don't do anything. Yeah. So, that's the environment. I, I talk trash about that all the time. That's how I'm in crew. Like, does your broker do this? Did your like fill the shoes, headshot? Did they create content? Then teach you to. It's funny because someone uh, last week told me that the most they were in a uh, social media training in their office and they said, "Do this, like make people guess the home price." That's I mean, it's, it's cool, but like that's that's the most advanced thing they can think of to create. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I got a couple of people do it, and I, it's I like better asking than those. nothing. It's better yeah, than nothing. nothing. But yeah, I, start somewhere, I do yeah. a lot of questions too. Like I'll ask a stup like some stupid question, and then extra this. Like it's just have, I don't know, like I, I post so much stupid stuff. I don't remember what it is, but it, it just gets something press button. Yeah, yeah. Like engage with them next. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think uh, we probably need to get finished up here. I think sure. it's been time, but we really, really appreciate it. Um, 
you said your recommendation for a new home buyer, get a condo, even if it's like 30 miles out or whatever. Yeah, just what, stop, stop renting. Just get starting. You get started, yeah, exactly. Somewhere. I mean, it, you shouldn't, you should at least own your own property to right. live in. Yeah, I mean, build equity. Yeah, exactly. you know. What about you, Kenny? What, what's your recommendation for someone just getting started? Don't be boring. <laughs> <laughs> like, follow, model, modeling is a word, like learn Tom Fair. Like, you wanna, in your, so this is how I started in business. I, I was kind of, Stalkerish, like every single time I look at MLS, I'll look at everyone and what they sell, and I go to their website and learn everything about them. And over time, like I like I want to have a business like that. But those two people in my market, I really like idolized. Like they were a broker owner with a large team, and they had a good reputation and sold a lot of nice homes. So I was like, I want to be like these guys. And later on, like I see bigger, bigger people, I, like, I want to be like that one. Like, that one. but but what makes them that? Like, you kind of model after the business. So if you're online, like really not just don't just follow people and talk, like really dig a little deeper and see like. If Jamie does this, is this something I could see myself doing? And should I start doing it? Or do I want to go this direction? Mm -hmm. I don't have any pictures of myself on my wall. Like within the last two, three years, it's opposite. Yeah. Like, well, do I want to do this way or this way? Yeah. Let's figure out. Yep. And if if we want to find you, where do we find you? Um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Just look up Jamie Tian and then Kenny Fast on all Kenny Fast. Great. Yep. Okay. Thank you guys so much for the time. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the Realize Gains podcast. If you have any questions for our co-hosts or guests, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com.